Welcome to the Lone Peak Toddcast. I am your host, Todd Dawson. We will be exploring the Lone Peak experience. Hello and welcome to the Lone Peak Toddcast. Once again, I'm your host, Todd Dawson, principal here at Lone Peak High School. Uh, want to thank you for tuning in and listening to the podcast today. Uh, just a reminder that the goal of this uh, podcast is to connect our school with the home and with the community, uh, to tell our story, to insert our own voice into the stories being told about Lone Peak, and to really just focus on the Lone Peak experience. So um, I've had students, I've had parents, I've had staff members, and today we are uh, we are going to learn and talk, uh, talk with Shauna McPherson. She's one of our English teachers uh, here at Lone Peak High School. Welcome, Shauna. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks for, for joining me today. So uh, maybe just by way of introduction, if you'll just tell a little bit about uh, who you are, your time here at Lone Peak, uh, what content you teach, grade levels, etc. Sure. This is actually my sec- 22nd year at Lone Peak. I started as an intern when the school was brand new opening. Nice. And I, when I first came, I was teaching English 12 and English 10. And I was more interested in the upper levels, English 12 and 11. So after a few years, I transitioned into English 12 and mythology and creative writing. And I taught for about four years. And then I went off and got my master's out at Georgetown in Washington, D.C. Lived there, worked there for a few years, came back. And uh, at the time, it was opening up for an AP language position and mythology. And that sounded great. So even though it wasn't my original plan to come back, I ended up coming back and being really happy with that decision. And since then, I've taught a lot of different things. AP language, AP lit, honors, um, junior honors, regular juniors, regular 12th, American studies, <laughs> essentials, etc. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I, I, I'm glad you mentioned Georgetown. I forgot you had told me that a, a while ago, but I forgot about that. Tell us about uh, what was that like living living back east for a time. How did that uh, open your horizons to the world around you, and and how do you think that experience has impacted your classroom teaching? First of all, I I think it reminds me the power of mentors. That mm. part of the reason I thought of going was because my parents had both done master's work, and I also had a teacher in college, a couple different teachers, who said you should get a master's. And then I had been teaching here at Lone Peak and I went and listened to a man who had been through the Holocaust Mm. speak about his experience. And he just had a different way of looking at the world. Um, I think he'd studied in England. He'd grown up in Poland. He was uh, agnostic and just hearing his different experiences and his philosophies was really great. And Mm -hmm. I thought it would be neat to be in a place of learning where I'm, you know, that's my main thing is learning, not teaching. And especially maybe a more diverse, bigger city area of having that experience. So I headed out there. It was lots of fun. I met some of my best friends. I've, I still am best friends with today. A lot of diversity and different people coming together. Um, Ellie Wiesel, the author of Night, the Holocaust book actually came and spoke while we were there. Some of the prime ministers from England, um, all kinds of people and different professors I had. One of the funniest things is I was in one of my very first classes. It was Russian film. We were reading from the 30s, 1930s, reading all kinds of things I couldn't understand. And I remember I came across the word heuristic where I was like, I'm not familiar with that. And 
all these, all these high-end vocab words. Some of them weren't even in the dictionary. And I ran into the professor and I said, I don't know if I understood that article. And he said something like, isn't that fabulous? Let's all get together and see what we think about it. You know, kind of like, we'll talk it through. We'll make meaning together. And so it was a new way of looking at learning, which I really liked. There were some tough times. I did all-nighters getting papers done. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, got an A-minus when I was used to getting A's. Um, uh, there was one class where I had to kind of stand up for myself because a lot of the people saw things different from a different political point of view, different religious point of view. And... Uh, that particular year I voted for Bush and no one in the room could understand why they were like, who are these idiots who would ever vote for Bush? And I'm like, well, um, so it was, it was interesting being the odd man out, but learning a lot and, um, coming back. I, part of the reason I came back is my sister was going through, uh, sickness that we found out later was cancer. And I had a lot of family back here I wanted to be with. But it also was really fun to be back at Lone Peak and yeah. with the kids here and, and teaching and learning together here. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for, for sharing that. So one of the things that uh, I often ask on this question, well, or on this uh, podcast is this question of what is Lone Peak getting right for you? Okay, so when you think about yourself individually as a teacher, as an educator, as a person, what is... Uh, what is great about Lone Peak for you? What are we getting right for Shauna McPherson? I'm, the first thing that comes to mind is the students. I love mm-hmm. my students. I am just amazed at how many will say thank you at the end of class or drop by a treat or, yeah. um, I don't know, be friendly to each other, be kind, be willing to share their experiences, even though it's sometimes scary. They're just good kids. And the, they're kids, they're teenagers. Sometimes they fall short or make mistakes or don't come as much as I would like or turn things in. But there's a sense from them and the whole school of continual progression and we make mistakes and let's let's do what we can to pick up and keep going, helping each other. I've got some great colleagues who help me when I need some ideas for a lesson or um, I don't know, making things better. Mm-hmm. And I, from the administrators as well, I feel that support. So that's awesome. Um, I don't know. We have a, a high high expectations here. And that's one of the things that's fun to see so many things we win and kids who are just so skilled and talented. And I think it's also creates stresses and problems mm-hmm. as well. That it's a, a unique place to be, but special people. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah there certainly are a lot of amazing uh, students and staff members that enrich life and, and the whole experience here. So tell me about uh, being a teacher. Is that something that you always wanted to do? Is that something that, how did you arrive at that decision that being an educator was uh, the path you wanted for your life? In retrospect, I, I see the seeds that were there, but mm-hmm. I remember in uh, elementary school, we had to make a little piece of art and I did a nurse that I wanted to be a nurse. Mm-hmm. In high school, I remember a teacher saying, Who's interested in being a teacher? And I didn't raise my hand. I didn't have interest. But all through school, I would a lot of times tutor people or lean over and say, oh, no, here's a different way of doing this and things like that. And I enjoyed school. There was a a lot of, I don't know, where I, I did well and I liked learning together and all of that type of thing. My mom has a teaching background. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of times she would 
use those skills in the home. One time we were in a discussion and um, I started saying things she'd said to me before and she took the other side and I was like, wait, mom, I'm saying your side. And she goes, well, I think it's good to always see the other side. So kind of that Socratic sense or asking questions, looking at things differently. So anyway, when I went off to college, I was had a lot of different ideas. At first, I was thinking of going into art. Um, I had some painting background. Mm -hmm. I thought about law or uh, communications, humanities. And then I stumbled into this uh, human anatomy class, which was totally by chance. I was visiting BYU. The other classes that I could have dropped in on were full. So they had me go to this human anatomy class. And the instructor was so charismatic and interesting and funny. The bell rang and the kids were still sitting in the seats. And I, even though I loved it, I wasn't planning to take it. Science hadn't been my thing. And I ran into a, a friend of mine from years before. And she said, you have got to take this class. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I don't, I'm not into science. She goes, it doesn't matter. So I took this humanity, human anatomy class freshman year. And it had a lecture component with the professor and a lab component with cadavers. It was really fascinating. Mm -hmm. And so I did a little bit think about going into medicine, but I also knew that would be a big commitment, big money. You know, maybe I was going to be a mom and I didn't know for sure. I also in the past just hated even cutting up chicken, being around blood or sick people. So I'm like, I don't know if this is the right path or if I'm just really enjoying this human anatomy class. And the next year he let students, he announced, he'd been doing it for a while, but he, I was the first time I heard that we could be the instructors of the lab portion. He mm. called it a TA, but it was really the teacher of that portion. Yeah. So I signed up for that and did that a couple of years, got my brother into it and my, my good friend who both became doctors because of the class. And I ended up taking the dissecting class. I was with all these pre-med kids and doing great. They were like, what? You're not even going into this and you're beating us. <laughs> but anyway, it was a lot of fun and I loved the teaching part. And I thought, I wonder what else I could teach. And then I just thought of some of my other interests with reading and writing and speaking and discussing. Mm -hmm. And so I focused in on, on English, became a that. teacher. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. So when you think about Lone Peak, you know, we talked about some of the uh, things that Lone Peak's getting right for you. Maybe thinking beyond yourself in, in general or for the student experience or the parent experience or just Lone Peak as it sits in the community. What are some things that you'd like to see us try or maybe some things you think we could do better? Or are there holes in the experience here that, that maybe we should be focusing on filling in? Anything come to mind in any of those uh, areas? Well, the first one that comes to mind is I think a lot of people have grown up here for a long time together and know each other and have a similar background. So some of my years teaching here, I've seen kids that uh, either are feeling isolated or are sometimes where things are said around them or not included where I just sometimes worry about that inclusion angle. Mm -hmm. In the years I've been here, I feel like we've sometimes made some growth. I love that we have the service activity and lunch and the games and things where a lot of kids can find a place there. Mm -hmm. The amazing clubs and such as well. Um, for a while we had a, a, a group that was run by the counselors um, where kids shared more of their different experiences and hardships and that was another neat thing that we were doing for a while. 
So I, I see some strength and growth, but I think it's something all of us, kids and teachers, have to continue to work on to keep being inclusive and trying to see things from other people's points of view and such. Um, so that's a, a good one. I have also heard that some of the schools are moving away from <clears throat> like shop classes and welding and some of the those type of areas where I hope we just continue to find ways that all types of learners and mm -hmm. interests have things that work for them and that can help them to find success in the future. Yeah, I love that. We don't want to become one dimensional or kind of only have one path. So thank you. Um, <clears throat> so when you when you uh, shared that experience about the professor and your friend saying, well, it doesn't matter, just come because the the class is, is so great. And um, how, do, how does it how does a teacher, how do you, how do your peers, you know, how do you go about generating genuine curiosity for a learner? I know that's part of the challenge of being a teacher is figuring out, you know, how do we, how do we get to a place where kids are curious or how do we get to a place where kids, um, you know, are, are proactive in their own learning? Like it's one of the, the, uh, the challenges I, I do see and, and admit, even I remember teaching thinking, you know, how do I get to where, where kids are asking questions in the content rather than me just sharing things or me asking all the questions, you know, how do I get at a place where kids are coming to class? Like, Hey, I was wondering about, or, Hey, you know, and, and some of that may feel a little pie in the sky, but I think it is something that we all pursue as educators is generating curiosity. So you mentioned that being an English teacher, uh, teaching literature, having some of that, uh, you know, what a great content. I was an English teacher, by the way. So we have hearts the same, but, um, how do you generate curiosity in the classroom for your learners or how do you create learning experiences that, that kind of hook them into what you're doing? It's a goal that yeah. I think I sometimes succeed at and sometimes keep working toward because sure. it's difficult. Um, one of the biggest things is choice when mm. the kids can have a lot of choice in what they're writing about or speaking about or yeah. presenting about sometimes who they're working with as well, that it helps give them a lot of motivation that they can use their own experiences or their own interests. One that I did for a few years when I taught AP language is I let my students write a paper and it had to be either cause and effect or explaining it, I forgot what it's called, but basically explaining something and they had to write with a partner of their own choice. So some of my kids wrote with their mom about a medical condition that was going on in their family or an older brother about an oh, art, yeah. art graphics issue that the brother was already in as a profession and the sister wanted to go into or another kid wrote with his coach and they wrote a satiric piece. Uh -huh. So it was so fun that it really had that connection to what they cared about in real world yeah. interest. And I don't feel like I've always done that as well, but sometimes I've let my kids try and get published or they'll come up with an idea of let's write letters or let's do this project. And some of those things are, are the best. Yeah. Kind of related to that, um, I also try not to weigh in too much on students' topics. Sometimes I'll warn them a little bit if they might need to go in another direction. But for example, especially if it's a, a political point of view, mm -hmm. I want them to be able to write what they want to write, even if I see it from a different point of view. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of interesting when sometimes they'll say, okay, I'm looking through these sources and I think I want to change my stance. And it's a fun learning moment. Or some kids who say, you know, I realized 
that some of the things I thought of politically, I haven't really researched myself. And now that I'm looking into this, I, I see such and such. Um, so those are neat learning moments. Getting back to how to help those kids come up with, with things. I think a lot, a big part of it is creating a culture of respect mm, and yeah. understanding and appreciation and just being careful how we treat each other, trying to help kids sometimes group with other kids that they're not as used to working with, uh, talking more explicitly about why group work is important or, or what our goals are. Uh, that's one thing I've learned from some of my colleagues as well as our professional development is learning names. And I'm still so-so on that. Sometimes I forget or get busy. But more often when I do that, I think it helps the kids to realize what they're trying to do, why we're doing what we're doing, that type yeah. of thing. Yeah. And of course, pulling in sometimes some games or competition or debates mm -hmm. where they care about the outcome more. Yeah. Um, sometimes getting them curious in the first place with anticipation guides as such as, do you agree or disagree with these kind of statements of yeah. things that we're going to be reading or talking about later? I love that. Thank you. When you mentioned uh, choice, you know, I, I, I remember having some success with that in the classroom that, you know, empowering the kid as the learner, right, to take a path that, that interests them in the, in the content. And, and it, it's, it's interesting to watch them flourish, you know, when, when they have a say, you know, so I appreciate you bringing that up. You mentioned uh, learning a little bit from peers. Um, talk to me about the value of, um, you know, whether it be teammates in your content area, whether it be department members or just hallmates, you know, people down the hall or, or just, you know, maybe not even near you in the building. What's the value of learning uh, from other staff members? What's that value been for, for you? What are some things that uh, stand out to you in your mind about the value of learning from your peers? How's that impacted your teaching? Oh, I've learned so much from my peers. Uh, first of all, it's nice to work together on assignments and see things from different points of view that we can add in and make it into a better assignment for the students. Clearer, more creative or artistic sometimes, uh, that type of thing. So I've definitely worked with others in that way. Uh, one particular teacher that I've loved learning from is Jenny Janes. Mm -hmm. And we really seem to kind of complement each other where there's aspects where she's more creative and there's aspects where I'm sometimes a better editor or, or clarifying things. Uh, but being in her classes sometimes helped me to try to uh, create more active learning for the students, more of the grouping ideas and moving things along with trying to do several different things during a period. I sometimes start going too slow in detail. And so I have learned from her. She's done some great remediation activities of getting kids in different areas in the room doing whatever remediation they need. So mm -hmm. it's kind of grouping of skills and learning and relearning um, that has been really fun. And I learned from a presenter over the summer that we listened to um, that was doing some kinesthetic learning. So I tried that out and shared that with Jenny. And um, that was neat to kind of share back and forth. From Jake Reese, I've thought a lot about what practices have research behind them mm -hmm. and trying to, to do more of that and share more of that with the students. Um, he's also fun just watching, get discuss getting discussion going. Having having kids um, 
noticed real world applications. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those yeah. are a couple that come to mind, sure, but yeah. tons of my colleagues I learned from. Um, yeah. And I'm, and, and that's one of the things that's so great about, uh, you know, having re- friendly relationships, having collegial interactions with the people in the building is we're all in the same work. We're all, you know, trying to, and, and we share the same kids many times and being able to, uh, to, to build upon, you know, others' strengths and others' insights, as well as share, share what we know and share our strengths and insights. I, I think that, uh, that that's one of the things um, <clears throat> I often repeat something that I, a guy on Twitter says, uh, Brian Aspinall is his name, and he says, sometimes the best PD is a teacher down the hall. And I believe that. I think that there's so much to be learned from each other when we come to work and as we interact that, uh, that there's some real value in, in our peers. I totally agree. And kind of along that line, I also want to say I'm really grateful for a teaching partner I have, Sherry Berry, that we work together with English Essentials. Yeah. And she oftentimes has more background with the student or is able to text a mom, you know, try and encourage a kid to get here. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like she adds so much yeah. to to our shared effort in helping students learn and be here and progress and it's awesome to work with such yeah, great people. She, she does such a great job with uh, that relationship piece and just mm-hmm. really investing in the in the time with these kids to understand where they're coming from and to really, you know, then come from an angle of support and helping them achieve their next step. Right. And so true. So yeah, I appreciate you mentioning that. Um, <clears throat> I often uh, well, let's talk briefly about you know you mentioned that. Uh, one of the skill sets that Sherry has of, of involving home and, and family. What is the value that you've found over the years of connecting with parents in, in the work, you know, so when you have a need arise in class or something to share, you know, whether it be a positive thing to share or whether it's something that needs improved, um, how have you found partnering with parents to be beneficial in your work as a teacher? It's been great. Sometimes I'll reach out to a parent and I'll find out more, of health challenges or stresses or things going on with the child or the family that can help me to be more sensitive and aware. Um, it's also just great to feel like people back and forth. Once in a while, yeah. I'll get an um, upset parent or um, some legislation that's being proposed that makes me feel like parents are upset with us or don't trust us or whatever. So it's really nice to connect and just feel very like friends, like yeah. collegial people working together in the cause that we believe in. And it, it, you know, that human sense of storytelling or, or face-to-face that does so much kind of related to that. I feel really appreciated from our, our parents involved in PTSA this year. Yeah. They've just been awesome. But getting back to reaching out to parents, um, I have one, one year I had a really tough year where this one particular class had a lot of behavioral problems and it felt like uh, they weren't they weren't willing to kind of see the vision of the way I was trying to teach or get on board with some of the things I felt were important. Yeah. So it was a lot of resistance and um, kind of I don't know where it wasn't a good feel and energy in that room. 
And there were also just a lot of behaviors that were really surprising for 11th graders. Uh, sure, yeah. One kid lit off a firecracker when I was out of the room. Um, <laughs> they were throwing food and, you know, all just all kinds of stuff. And it was just tough. And um, I talked to my administrator that particular year and, and didn't still, he said he talked to some of the kids, but things didn't seem to change. And it was the beginning of the year. So I, I didn't have a strong sense of each particular student's issues. And I wanted to send kind of a, a group letter home. And he said, no, no, don't do that. Well, anyway, continued problems continued. And partway through the year around uh, January, I did start sending more letters home, talked to a different administrator and he was behind that. And I'd also made it more particular for each student. And it was just amazing how quickly behaviors changed as mm -hmm. parents said, we are not supportive of this. We're talking to our kid where yeah. we want him to be respectful and to learn. And then they wanted me to follow up with them. And it created, I don't know, you know, where I'm looking for the good as well. And was an awesome experience where things were yeah. improving by using that partnership with parents. Yeah. And I'll bet since then it's allowed you to, to realize I'll, I'll involve them a little sooner rather <laughs> yes. than later, you know, because I think at the end of the day, you know, uh, parents um, are, are supportive and I think that they want to be partnered with. And I think, you know, whether it's them taking the first step and reaching out to us or us as educators taking that first step and reaching out to them, um, you know, I often say parents are kind of the expert in their kids' lives. And, yeah. and I think, you know, in anything where you, um, where, where somebody's expertise is needed, you know, uh, you, you consult an expert. And I think many times a parent can give you some insight or a story or a backstory to, to their child that you're, you're not going to find maybe through another Avenue, or it may take months or absolutely maybe even years to arrive at, <laughs> you know, if you worked on your own. So I appreciate you sharing, sharing that example. So one of the things that I often remind our staff is that each of us um, is a character in the stories told around the dinner table. Um, when you when you think about the homes of your students and the stories being told around the dinner table, how how would how do you hope you're portrayed in that story? What what are the things that you want to generate or create in your learning environment in your classroom that then get shared out uh, through storytelling in the home? I love it when students or parents tell me about the fact that I'm encouraging, mm -hmm. respectful, appreciative. So some of those things that help the kid to feel safe and happy and that I've noticed um, talents or things they've done that yeah. have stood out. That's always great when I think that's such an important part of teaching and just working together of um, appreciating each other. I also love it if parents realize or a kid realizes in talking to their parents that they're becoming a stronger writer, or of course, some of the aspects with research and technology and discernment and critical thinking. But I think writing is sometimes one, it, especially in my AP lit and mm -hmm. language classes, but sometimes my other classes as well, that over the course of the year, it's fun to see how they've developed as writers. Um, I also just love when kids are asking questions, if they get the discussion going at home or they push back or ask for someone's source on something, you know, more that we can do to be critical on our, our thinking and what we're passing along. In mythology, yeah. for example, we talk about urban legends and hoaxes. And so I just love it when someone's like, well, actually, I looked into that and that that 
was a hoax that what didn't actually occur, <laughs> you know, just more of that yeah. research. Yeah. So uh, one of my final questions here, just, you know, if w when you think about the future of education, you think about, you know, the future of uh, public education, you think about um, teaching as a profession, what, what might you say to a student, maybe whether it be a high school student or a college student, what encouragement or advice might you give about why they should become a teacher? What would be kind of a recruiting pitch that you might put out there? <laughs> uh, we need more good teachers in the world. So that's yeah. one. But one thing, just as far as one reason I love the job when I think of other jobs I've had is we're not watching the clock much. The day just goes so quickly yeah. and it's <laughs> different every day and different with different classes. And it, there's just this real energy here. Yeah. And so that's one of the things I love. I had another class, another job where I'd look at the clock at 3.05 and 3.10. And, <laughs> and it was a, a higher paying job with my own office. And I didn't, if I was sick, I could stay home really easily. Didn't have to worry about the sub plan. But teaching, I just feel like I, I love it a lot more. And yeah. There's so much great energy. At the same time, I'd also caution the student to say, it's a lot of work too. Yeah, Are you ready is. to grade papers or do you want to job shadow and make sure um, the, I don't know, there's a, a lot involved in teaching. Sometimes I suggest to people if they're going to English teaching to maybe do a minor so they maybe can do some English classes and some art or PE classes. Yeah, yeah. So that, that might be a good way to go. Um, but anyway, it's, I think it's one of the most meaningful and um, energizing, fun jobs that are yeah, out there. I love that. And then my last question is, are, are there things that you wish your students knew about you? You know, what, what, like you mentioned some of the stories you hope they're telling or some of the experiences they're having. You know, if you were uh, sharing a bit of your heart with your kids, what would you, what would you want them to know in an area of importance coming from you? That I really like to be here. That yeah. sometimes I, if not had much sleep or I'm, I'm have a really big headache. And I think I still want to be there with my kids, yeah. helping them grow and learn and learn from them and be part of this relationship that's important to me. I also want them to know I'm, I'm just a regular person. And sometimes I think, uh, I don't know, they have ideas for the classroom that they might not realize I'd be open to yeah. that I want to hear or, that they maybe were bored on a particular lesson and maybe don't realize how much energy it takes to try to make our lessons as good as we can. And we know we fall short sometimes and hopefully give us a little grace or a little patience as, as we're trying to juggle all these balls that are involved with education. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, I really care about them and I want them to succeed and I care about what I teach and I hope that comes through. I love that. Well, thank you, Shauna. It's been a pleasure to visit with you and, and learn about you and your Lone Peak experience and to kind of pick your brain on, on some of these topics. Uh, you've been a great guest. I appreciate that. Thank you. And as we sign off today, I'll just uh, remind the listener of this year's theme and invite you to be kind, be courageous, and be a knight. <laughs> <laughs>